or you realize we better have some spiritual power. Come on, we've got to have some spiritual power, some real spiritual power. So, so today we're going to start into a series uh, to help us become established in some power. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, and I'm using verse 13 for these next few weeks. I'm reading out of the NIV, so whatever, whatever version you have is fine there. But it says, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. These three remain. And this is where we're going to be going for the next few weeks, talking about these three remain. These three remain. Now, I I know that this scripture has in many ways uh, uh, been been very famous. In fact, if, if... if, even if you didn't know the location when I said 1 Corinthians 13, 13, you, you, you didn't know it, what, what the scripture was. As soon as I began to read that, you went, oh yeah, I've heard that. Or uh, I've seen that. Or, you know, somebody has quoted that or whatever. And many times we've used it in the context, especially in marriages, right? There's four of you that are here this morning. Okay. How many of you know that you've probably heard it in a marriage ceremony where they quoted that, that scripture, love is and love isn't and quit being nasty and, you know, because and then so and now the greatest of these. Come on, we've heard this scripture and we've heard it and heard it and heard it. And so many times it's been associated with the marriage ceremonies that in many ways, listen to me very closely, that in many ways it, it's sometimes it's lost some of its power to us. We think about it in, 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 you know, man and woman, okay, you know, you got to love her. You know, got to love him. God forbid that you kill him. You got to live with him, so love him. You know, you got to love him, you got to love him, you got to... And so, you know, and so what we've done is we have ostracized this scripture from power and put it over into a context. And listen, I'm not, I'm not against using it again in the marriage ceremony. Please don't misunderstand But what I'm trying to get you to understand is there is some spiritual power here that we need to see and understand. These three remain. Let me me preface that by by saying this. How many of you know that we live in a society and a culture that's changing all the time? Come on, I'm not an old man. I'm I'm, I'm getting older and, and... you know, I really didn't like it the other day when, when somebody told my sister-in-law that I looked like her father. And, and it really, you know, and she was saying, oh, isn't that funny? I said, I find nothing funny about that. So just, you know, just have a whole bag of for you, you know. But I'm not an old man, but, you know, there's things that are happening in today's society that I never would have dreamed of when I was a little boy. In fact, some of you probably could sit here and say that there's, there's a lot of things about our nation, about our world, that is not the same even as when you grew up. And some of you are not really old yet. Some of you are still in your, 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 your teens or your, your 20s or your 30s or whatever. But there, this society, this culture we live in, it, it's, it's constantly changing. And listen, now we have to admit some changes are good. They're necessary. They are good in this, but the problem with change is that doesn't always promote the feeling of stability or confidence in us, does it? Come on, if you, if you go out to your car tomorrow and it decides not to start, but the next day, on Tuesdays, we're good. Wednesdays is kind of hit and miss. It may start in the morning, but that afternoon it doesn't. Then Thursday, it just decides to quit all day long. 
Friday, yep, it's up and running. How many of you would have confidence when you went out on Saturday to start your car? Not very many of us would have confidence, wouldn't we? Listen, there's some changes that are good and they're necessary, but listen, change doesn't always engender this feeling of stability or confidence in us. And that can be a real problem. But the Bible says here that these three remain. And listen, if we're really honest, we like that stability. We like that stability. We, we, every one of us, we like changes now and then. And Come on, we, we like vacations. How many of you like vacations? How many of you like a change in scenery now and then? But how many after a while, be honest, be honest, be honest. How many after a while you go, I want to get back home, even if it's just a routine, just because I want, I want to go back. Listen, we like some stability. We like some routines. We like some things to be constant. We like some things to remain. And do you know this is one of the attributes of God that we love? Because even though He's a God of the new day, new mercies, new grace, all those things, you know, new promises, all that kind of stuff, He says He's never going to change. He says that in Malachi, the third chapter, the sixth verse, He says, I, the Lord, do not change. Man, I like that. Listen, I may just teach this morning. I may teach you this whole series. I don't know. I may get excited and do some preaching. I may spit. I may not. I will sweat. Just promise you that. But, you know, I just do that by getting up in the morning and saying hello. It's, it's, it's coming. But listen, what I'm talking about is the fact that I like the fact that God says, I am not going to change. <laughs> I'm not going to change. I, the Lord, do not change. So in a society, in a culture where everything is changing, he says, not me. I will stay the same. And, you know, and, and let me tell you about God just a second, because you know that his desire from the very beginning was to walk with us through every day, every trial, every change, and to give us his ability and his power to overcome through every one of those changes. And that's what 1 Corinthians is talking about when it says, these three what? Amen. Come on, say it. These three Amen. remain. See, this is, this is what... This, listen, I told you we need some power. If we're going to build the kingdom, we need some power. So this is what can help us to get through what we're going through so we can get to what we're going to. Amen. You didn't hear that. That was actually pretty good. You just didn't hear it. See, this is how we get through what we're going through so we can get to what we're going to. You're going to tweet. You ought to tweeted that one. See, I said it wrong the last Sunday I was here. I said, I couldn't, they corrected me. So they're always correcting me, so telling me what it is. And I said, if you twit, you know, twit, whatever it is, tweet and twit and whatever, you know, you just, you put it out there, put it out there. See, this is, how do we get through what we're going through so we can get to what we're going to? Something has to remain. And so today we want to start talking about these three. Say it with me. These three Remain. Come on, say it with me. Ready? These three remain. Today, we want to start with one of them. Now, I know some of you are going, oh, he's going to start with faith. No. Today, I want to start with hope. I want to start today with hope. Now, now the problem with it is many times when we think about spiritual power. I mean, just in your mind for just a second, because I, listen, this is where I'm probably going to just do some teaching here. But when you think about spiritual power, oh, Oh, spiritual power. 
You know, you got to get some gruff in you when you say power. Power. Arr. Sound like a pirate or something. I don't know. That was stupid. But anyway, okay. <laughs> like power. Arr. Arr, maybe. No, it's not. But power. When you think about power, what do you do? Oh, you think about faith. And you think about, you know, laying hands and manifestations. And ah, it's just grace. Of... But how many of you really ever think about hope? <laughs> Come on. We don't think about hope. In that arena, hope is not a power. And, and listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I've told you so many times, I'm tr- I try to be just completely transparent and honest with you. And if you're like me, when I used to hear the word hope, many times I would just tune it out because it was a nice idea. It was sweet. <laughs> it was cuddly. But really, it was a cl- Christian cliché. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't considering that it was, you know, any, anything more than that. It was just this cute thing that people say, I'm hoping into, oh, good for you, sweetheart. Isn't that wonderful? She has hope. Yes. And then as soon as they turned around, well, she, the, you know, hate to be her, but anyway. You know. Because we didn't see or we don't see the hope is one of those things that Corinthians, did you see that it said, and now these Three, remain. See, hope is something more because the Bible says it remains. So there has to be some power in that thing, that concept, that idea, that word, that thing that God has said is ours. There has to be some power there for it to be enabled to remain. In the the King James Version, it says it this way. And now abideth faith, hope, and charity. And the word abideth there means they stay, they remain, they continue. And I love this. They endure. Wow. That means there's something, there's actually something that can endure every storm. There's something that can endure through every trial. It can remain in spite of every problem and it can continue regardless of every dark night that we have in our life. It Remains. Hope remains. <laughs> Come on, you've got to understand this because, you know, let me, let me show you this. Let me just push this just a little farther because Romans, the 15th chapter, the fourth verse, says this. For everything that was written. Okay, watch, watch, watch. You've got, you got to stay right with me because uh, let me tell you what it means. Everything. Everybody say everything. everything. Let me tell you what that means in the Greek. Everything. Wow. Everything. Watch this. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through endurance and the encouragement of the Scriptures, what? We might have eternal life. We might have blessings galore. We might have money cometh to me. We might have healing. No, it said we might have what? Hope. Did did, did you just see that? Everything that was written? No, you didn't because you didn't didn't hit you yet. Everything that was written from in the beginning to amen. Genesis 1 to Revelation at the very chapter in the last word, amen. Amen. Everything was written so you and I could have 
hope. Oh, come on, somebody. Listen, there's got to be some more power there that we're not seeing. We're not concepting. We're not conceptualizing what it's doing. But let me take another step. Can I take it one more step? Thank you. I appreciate it. Romans, the 15th chapter. Go on in that chapter to verse 13. It says, now the God of... The God of power. No, 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 no. The God of what? Hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may what? Abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen, did you, did you see that our God is a God of hope? <laughs> and He wants us to abound in hope. So listen, this is not this cute, sweet, cuddly, Christian cliche as we have thought in the past. Hope has to have something more. Because the Bible says, it remains. It remains. Let me me be honest again, because when, you know, it says that we we may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. How many of you, when you've ever thought about the power of the Holy Ghost, you were like me when I was growing up, I thought about the power of the Holy Ghost in manifestations. You know, in the miraculous or the spectacular. You know, when we'd have a knockdown, drag out service and, you know, when people all over the place and you know, whatever and however and whenever, I mean, it just a powder, holy ghost, you know. And it was just, just these, you know, just these awesome times of God. And we, we thought about that. And when I thought about the power of the Holy Ghost, that's how I thought. But the Bible says here, Paul says that the Holy Spirit is here to help us what? Abound. In hope. From our God of hope. Can can I tell you something real quick? Do you realize that one of the most miraculous, one of the most spectacular things that can ever happen in your life is when you have hope and endure whatever is happening to you and around you. And you do it while abounding in hope, abounding in joy, abounding in peace. Listen, that's a testimony. What do you mean, Pastor? Well, when life is throwing stones at you, you're building an altar with them. When storms are blowing, you're putting up sails and using them to get higher and closer to God. When things are looking dark and stormy, you have joy and peace. How? Through hope. Listen, listen, folks. This is not some fragile, whimsical Christian cliché. Hope is not this little thing that is cute and cuddly. No, 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 no. Because and you don't even have to turn there, and I don't have this one listed for you, but Hebrews 11 chapter said, and you know this, when the verse first, you'll remember as soon as I start reading it, or I start quoting it, it says, Now faith is the substance. And she, Come on, there's power, Pastor. Faith, 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 Pastor. That's power. It says, Faith is the substance of things. Listen, we don't have a foundation for our faith unless we got some hope. Come on, would you, would you agree with me then that there's something more to this hope? There's something more to hope that we need to catch hold of. There is a power in hope that we need. We need some hope in the day and the age that we're living in, in the society and the culture, when everything is changing and sometimes it feels like everything is just going the wrong way. You and I need some hope. So, so, so let's, let's just do this. 
we need to reconsider this and we need to get a better definition of hope. We need a better definition of hope because real hope is not this weak, thin, boring thing that we thought it was. And listen, let me, let me just stretch this just a little farther because hope is not a sign of being naive or being too young in the Lord to know any better. Come on. How many of you have ever thought that you've talked to people that they said, oh, I have hope in you. And you're going, yeah, well, bless your heart. You're just young in the Lord. You'll get creamed by the devil pretty soon and it'll be over. Come on. Some of you are going, oh, not me. Oh, well, you nasty thing. You're lying in the house of God. Listen. <laughs> Come on. Listen, hope is not a sign of being weak-minded. Oh, bless her heart. She has hope. Oh, bless his heart. He's as blind as a rock and he has hope. No, hope is not a sign of being weak-minded. Really, from the Scripture, it is a sign of being filled with the Holy Ghost. Listen, we want to say, listen, we are Pentecostal. We are charismatic in this house. And we believe in speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gives us utterance. We believe in the manifestation and the miraculous. We believe in the spectacular. We believe in the Holy Spirit and what He wants to do. We try to follow Him. But listen, so many times we consider the evidence of being filled with the Spirit as speaking with other tongues when really He says, listen, one of the evidences is you're going to have some hope. So, so, so we need a better definition. We need a better definition. And, and, and let's, let's get this definition. Ready? Let's get a definition for hope. Hope is the simple conviction and belief that things can change because we serve a good God who loves us. Pastor, that's too simple. No, 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 no. Try, try, stop trying to make it so complicated. Hope is the belief that things can change. Because God's good. And He loves me. See, hope believes that the negative, maybe ungodly situation issues that you're facing will not last forever. Things can change. Listen, I, I don't have this one up here for but let me, let me read you out of 1 Peter, the 5th chapter in the Message Bible. It says this. Suffering won't last Forever. Listen, that ought to be a that ought to be a word of encouragement to somebody. You going through some stuff, you going through some issues, you having to fight, and it feels like everything within you is being torn apart. What you understand is that hope says suffering won't last forever because things can change. We have a good God who loves us. He goes on in 1 Peter 5 and says, It won't be long before this generous God who has great plans for us in Christ, eternal and glorious plans they are, will have... Oh, I'm speaking to somebody right now. Will have you put together and on your feet for good. Listen, see, see, hope says the bad, the evil, the pressure, the pain, the hurt, it's not going to last forever. No, 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 sweetheart. Things can and will change because our God who does not change is a God of hope. Oh, you didn't catch that. (laughs) That's how I know that things are going to change. Why? Because I have a God who said, I believe. And if God says He believes, you better take it to the bank, sweet thing. It's going to change. 
Turn to somebody and say, I got hope. Come on, turn to somebody else and say, I got hope. Woo! I said, I was going to teach. It's just as, as passionate teaching. See, remember, remember, remember in, in, in Romans 15 chapter where I said he was, he was a God of hope and he wants us to be filled with all joy and peace in abounding in hope or with believing. How does the joy and the peace come that we need? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. And see, there's, a, there's, the, there's the difference. There's this huge difference that we have from people who don't have a real relationship with God. Oh, see, you've got to see this. There's this huge difference. We have a God who never changes. And He says those problems that you're facing, they can. They can change. They can change. You say, what are you talking about, Pastor? I'm talking about the fact that I can't go under for going over. I can't go down for going up. Come on, somebody in this house. What you say? What do you mean, Pastor? I'm saying that no matter what comes at me, no matter how the enemy tries to knock me down, no matter how many agitations and aggravations of life I have to face, somehow, my God will see me through every one of them and I will come out on the other side victorious. That's hope. See, the problem, oh, great Lord Jesus, the problem that we have is so many times when we try to say hope, our language betrays us. Because when we say the word hope, we use it to mean, I would like for this to happen, but it probably, oh, come on, man, it would be so nice. But, come on, how many of you have ever played the lotto going, yes, woo, no, 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 no. And all the time you're going, eh, it probably ain't going to happen, but let's just get it, let's get, you know. Isn't this not hope? That's optimistic wishing, wishful thinking. That's all it is. Listen, we're not talking about being optimistic, although, I, you know, listen, I know people say, well, you, you, you're just optimistic. You need to, listen, I would rather be optimistic than pessimistic. Where is pessimism getting you? Have mercy. You know, I like the sign that says, shoot for the stars. If you don't make it, at least, or shoot for the moon. If you don't make it, at least you end up in the stars. Come on, great Lord Jesus. I'm believing for thousands. Well, that's just ridiculous, Pastor. Go ahead. Because if I don't get thousands, at least I'm going to have several hundreds. Listen, I'm not talking about optimistic, wishful thinking, because that's not hope. Hope is so much Stronger. It is, it's so much deeper than, and it's so much more tenacious. Because hope is the belief that things can change because we serve a good God. So, so really, if we can understand this, because we're talking about three things that remain, right? And hope was one of them. I mean, I didn't make a mistake. I read it. He said, now these three remain. They abide. They endure. They stay. They make it through all the stuff. 
One of those was hope. The belief that things can change because I have a good daddy God who loves me. So that means that the next thing we've got to consider then, a next question for us is where is our hope level today? Stop for just a minute. Whatever you're doing, stop for just a minute. Listen, listen. Stop for just a minute and think about it for just a second, please. How do you view your world? How do you how do you view your family or your situation or or, or your finances, your issues? How do you view where you are right now? Let me let me ask you. Come on, come on. Don't don't run away from me yet. Don't don't, don't run. Listen. Do you view it through the van, the lens of hope that things can change, or have you succumbed to the fear and thrown in the towel, saying nothing will ever change? Wow. I just know that I'm talking to somebody. I know in my spirit, this may not be the most powerful thing you've ever heard in your life, but I am talking to someone this morning. Listen to me, listen to me, sir. Listen to me, madam. Listen to me, sweetheart. I'm not saying it's easy to remain in hope when everything seems to be fighting against it. No, no, no. I'm not saying that it's easy. In fact, when you're trying to stay in hope or stand in hope and everything's fighting against it, listen, it can actually hurt. Come on, somebody. And we all know what that's like, don't we? We, we, None of us wants to look foolish waiting and believing. Because we look like fools to everybody else, right? You're waiting and believing. And pastor, you don't understand. That son or daughter that I've been believing for just got high again. My checkbook that I've been praying over... Just went back in the rent. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about, do you? Your doctor doesn't bring you a glowing positive report. See, I'm talking to somebody in this house. It's hard. Sometimes it's hard. In fact, the Bible says in Proverbs, the 13th chapter, the 12th verse, hope put off is a weariness. To the heart. God, I'm trying. I'm trying to believe that things can change. And I, I'm, I'm so hopeful. I'm wishing. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remain positive and optimistic. Listen, I'm not talking about uh, wishful thinking. It's hard. But let me, let me take it. Let me take it back to Romans, the fifth chapter again. In the fifth verse, the fifth verse it says, Hope does not disappoint us. Why, Pastor? Because our good God, our good daddy God, our God who loves us, our God who cares for us, our God who watches over every day, every minute, every second of our life, He has poured out His love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Listen to me, listen to me. I know wishful thinking can disappoint you. 
trying to be optimistic and let you down. But real hope that things can change because we serve a good God. The Bible says it remains. How? By the Holy Spirit. See, I'm here to tell somebody, listen, listen, I'm here and I'm going to speak this by the Spirit of God. God never awakened the hope inside of you that He does not intend to fulfill. I speak that out in the name of Jesus. He has never awakened a hope inside of you that He didn't have planned somehow, somewhere. Whatever He had to do, if He had to move the earth and create a new one, He would do it because He loves you so much. And He says, I'll do it for my child. If He has awakened hope inside of you. Great Lord, I'm trying to be good. But if He has awakened a hope in you, He has a promise that He will fulfill it. So I'm trying to tell you, if there's hope alive inside of you, you can know and have the conviction that regardless of how things are looking right now, great God, I thought I was going to teach. It doesn't matter how things are looking right now. Regardless of how things are playing out in front of your eyes right now, regardless of how things are going, you can have hope and believe that things can change. Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know. I I know where some of you are. I know exactly where some of you are. Because I can hear you in my spirit. And you say, but pastor, I've tried to believe. I have tried to believe. Only to be disappointed. Time and time again. Listen to me. I'm speaking again by the Spirit of God. And I wrote this down because the Holy Spirit spoke to me several weeks ago when I was looking at this. And He said, you tell somebody, let your hope rise. Not just your wishful thinking, but believe again that God is true, that He is faithful, that He is good, and what He has promised, He will do. I'm saying by the Holy Spirit, let your hope rise again in your heart and spirit. You say, how can I do that, Pastor? It's very simple. You go back and start remembering all the times that He has already been faithful to you. You go back for just a little bit in your mind and begin to think about how many times He brought you through when you weren't good enough to bring through, but He loved you just like you were. In your mess, He's still blessed. Great God in the name of Jesus in this house. So you better remember the many times that He has rescued you when it was your fault that you were in the mess. Great God. You got to remember the many times that He's blessed you and believe again that things can change because these three remain. Hope. Great Lord in the name of Jesus. Listen, i got to go on with this because Romans 15, chapter 13, verse again, it says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. How, Pastor? As you trust in Him. (laughs) So that you can overflow with the belief 
You say, Pastor, what are you trying to tell me? I'm asking you to judge your hope level. I'm asking you to ask yourself the question, do you you believe that what is ahead of you is better than what is behind you? What do you believe? Well, Pastor, I believe that America's best days are behind them. Sweetheart, I don't know where you're living, but if you're anywhere close to me, you might as well go ahead and believe it with me because I am believing for the greatest blessings, the greatest anointing, the greatest outpouring, the greatest river of love, the greatest river of prosperity, the greatest ability, the greatest, the greatest is yet to come. Woo! Do you believe that what is behind you is better? Sweetheart, you don't have hope. You don't have hope. Hope is that thing that remains that says, regardless what I'm going through, it can change. As a matter of fact, I'm believing that for somebody, there could be a suddenly. Chata ma sikiti ma loto. You said, what do you do? I'm just getting a little excited. Getting a little excited. Where's your hope level? Let me, let me take you for just a few seconds because I've only got a few minutes left. But let me, if you've ever read in the, book, in the Old Testament, in the book of Jeremiah, he's called the weeping prophet for a reason. And that's because he was in the first... 28 chapters. There's about 32 or 31, 32, 33 chapters in Jeremiah. In the first 28 chapters, he was, he was giving this scathing report of the degradation, the demoralization, the nastiness of the situation. And listen, you've got to understand where Jeremiah was coming from. He was living and reporting and prophesying in an age and a time that was one of the worst in all of Israel's history. They were in captivity. People were being slaughtered daily. And the people of God were transgressing and going over to false gods. As a matter of fact, in verse in chapter 2, I don't remember the, the verse, but in chapter 2 and then again in verse 14, he actually said, God, there is no hope. No hope. No hope. Pastor, you've seen our you've seen our city. There's no hope. You've seen our you've seen our United States. There's no hope. You've seen the issues that are facing. There's no hope. If you saw my checkbook, Pastor, you'd say, there is no hope. If you saw my health report, you'd say, there was no hope. If you knew what my marriage was right now, you would understand, there is But somewhere in Jeremiah's teaching and his preaching, his prophecy, around the 28th to the 29th chapter, God came on the scene. Come on the scene, Jesus. Came on the scene. And God began to speak 
to Jeremiah. And he said in chapter 29, verse 11, I know (laughs) the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Oh, a God of hope, a God of hope, a God of hope. Good plans, (laughs) plans for peace and not disaster. Plans to give you a future filled with hope. I'm trying to tell somebody God is good. He has good plans for you. You've got to begin to rise up and believe again that things can change. Why, Pastor? Because we trust in a good God who we know loves us with everything He has. Let me close this. Let me close this today by telling you this, this last thing. Let me just give this and I'll close, I promise. We need to become anchored in hope. Anchored in hope. Now listen, you, you know what an anchor does. You, you, you may not be a, 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 you know, a, a water enthusiast. You may not have a boat. You may not have ever have been on a boat. I don't care. But you know what an anchor does. An anchor is what you put out there that holds you steady regardless of the current, the tide, or even the storm. Listen to Hebrews, the 6th chapter, verse 17 through the 20. It says, God wanted to make the unchanging nature of His purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised. He confirmed it with an oath. And God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold... Oh, come on, somebody, you got to hear this. We have fled to take hold of the hope, the belief that things can change offered to us may be greatly encouraged. What do we have? We have this hope, this belief that things can change because He is a good God who loves us as an anchor that holds us steady through every storm. These... Three remain. Oh, great Lord. Great Lord. Great Lord Jesus. This becomes our anchor. The rest of the Scripture goes on and says, says this. It enters. What enters? Our hope enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where Jesus, who went before us, has entered on our behalf. Great Lord Jesus. This is how we do it, folks. This is how we do it. Are you you hearing me? This is how we do it. This is how we enter into the holy place where Jesus is. This is how we do it. Through hope. That means regardless of the enemy that tries to unsettle us. Regardless of the winds of opposition that try to blow us away. Regardless of the current that says you're never going to have what God promised you. You hold on with hope. Great Lord Jesus. Turn to somebody and say, you got to have some hope. Come on, turn to somebody and say, you got to have some hope. Listen to me, how many of you know the storms are going to come? But hope holds. Come on, winds are going to blow, right? But hope holds. Agitation and agitators will stir the pot. 
Come on, somebody. But hope holds. Bad reports are going to come. But hope holds. Haters will hate. But hope holds. Pressure will rise. But hope holds. The devil will get ugly. But hope holds. Economies will rise and fall. But hope holds. These three remain. Would you give him a praise in this house? Woo! Hope. Faith. Hope. And love. Come on, stand to your feet with me. I've got to get you out of here. But listen to me. I want to ask you this morning. For someone I have been speaking directly to your heart and to your spirit. I have been speaking specifically to someone in this house this morning. I hope that you have received in this house this morning. But there's someone in this place this morning. God sent me to you on assignment to tell you, let your hope rise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, with every head bowed. For just a moment in this house. Every eye closed for just a second. Just just to respect the people that are around you. Just for a moment. If that's you, just lift your hand. Let me know I'm talking to you. Yes. 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 Hands are going up all. Yes. Yes. All over this auditorium. Listen, hope is not some fragile, whimsical, cute, cliche. Hope is the conviction, the belief, the things can change. Why, Pastor? Because you have a good daddy God. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the Holy Ghost. You have a good daddy God. Look at me for just a moment. Look at me for just a moment. How many of you are parents? How many of you as parents? This is not just a this is not just a statement or you know, oh yeah, I say this way. But you would lay down your life if necessary for your children. In fact, you would do whatever you had to do to make things change for their better. Is that you? How is it that you being evil could give good gifts the promise baby as long as daddy is here I will never stop trying for you you do it how about we believe in a God who already 
already paid the price with His Son. And said, It is finished. That's why I can believe. Things are going to change, Jim. Things are going to change. I got a God who already paid the price for him to change. I already have a God who has issued forth grace that said things are going to change. I'm speaking to someone by the Spirit of God. And I'm asking you, will you allow the Holy Spirit to help you with your hope today? Come on, lift your hands in this house. If that's you, lift your hands in your hearts and just say, Holy Spirit, I believe that Daddy God is a good God. I believe He has good plans for me. I believe He has already blessed me. So I will let hope rise again in the name of Jesus.